You're listening to Earth Matters, produced in the studios of 3CR in Melbourne on the Kulin Nation and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. We're bringing you environmental and social justice stories. I'm Corey Green. On today's show, we're going to talk about food waste. Later on, we'll be talking to bruisers from Food Not Bombs to get a radical perspective on the issue. Right now, we're talking to Madeline Wilson, who is the state manager for food rescue organisation Oz Harvest in Victoria. She's giving us an idea of the scale of the problem. The issue of food waste is a really interesting one, um, and it's quite an enormous issue when you start to, to look into the detail behind it. So... Recently, um, the Australian government has estimated that food waste is costing the Australian economy $20 billion a year, and this is both in commercial and residential waste. So what that means in a bit of a tangible sense is there's about 4 million tonnes of food that ends up in landfill every year, and that's enough to fill about 8,400 Olympic-sized swimming pools. So it's a really big issue, and food waste happens not just um, it happens at every kind of level of, of the food supply chain. So from the growing and harvesting of crops through to manufacturing, through to um, getting things to supermarkets and to markets and then to, to the end user. So there's globally, there's actually a third of all food that's produced is either lost or wasted. So if you think about that in terms of the scale, it's really quite enormous. Wow, that's incredible. What effect do you think that this has on the environment? Yeah, so the secondary effects, not only is that food waste ending up in landfill, um, the secondary effects, I guess, on the environment, again, are quite significant. So what happens when the food, when all this food ends up in landfill is that it's creating greenhouse gases. And so 8% of greenhouse gases heating the planet are actually caused by food waste alone. So if food waste was a country, it would be the third lightest emitter of greenhouse gases after the USA and China. And not only that, not only the, the, the problem when food ends up in landfill, but if you think about, again, the kind of whole food supply chain of the amount of energy and resources that it takes to produce food. So, um, you know, the, the water, the electricity, the fuel, the gas that goes into growing and harvesting crops and then transporting them from A to B, which might be to a warehouse. They might then be shipped overseas to another country, might be stored in warehouses again, might then go to um, a distribution centre and then out to, to supermarkets or markets or eventually to get to the end user. So if you think about that whole supply chain and all of the different energy that goes into producing food and to shipping food for it to get to the end user, for that to end up in landfill, it's really having a significant impact on the environment. And so do you think food waste is a personal or a systemic problem? It's actually a bit of both. So as I mentioned before, so one third of all food in the world that is produced is lost or wasted. So that's both at the kind of manufacturing side, the supermarket or the the retail side, um, and also at at the household level. So at the household level, one in five shopping bags approximately in Australia ends up being thrown out, which is, you know, it's costing the average Australian around $1,000 a year. So there's certainly, from from the whole kind of every level of where food is available, 
it is being wasted. So the issue, the issue, I guess, is for us, like the challenge of educating people around food waste um, and then the challenge of educating, you know, suppliers and markets and supermarkets around those food waste issues as well. So behavioural change is something that needs to happen, you know, from the household level, from the consumer side, from consumers going into to supermarkets and markets and changing some of their shopping behaviours as well to look at, you know, even some of the more ugly fruits. Um, fruits and vegetables, just because they don't look perfect doesn't mean they're not going to taste perfect. So you talked about educating people as a solution um, for fighting food waste. Uh, do, do you think that's a whole solution or are there other ways that your organisation deals with this problem? So there's a couple of ways um, as OzHarvest that we're, that we're looking at, um, you know, raising education and trying to create change around food waste. So the United Nations, actually one of their sustainable development goals um, are some targets around halving food waste by 2030. Um, and OzHarvest is working with the Australian government, supporting initiatives that are looking at um, creating a national food waste strategy. And this is a really interesting area, collaborating with businesses, with manufacturers, with farmers, um, with supermarkets, and even looking at the hospitality industry as well. So that's one way we're engaging. And the other is that we, uh, one of the aspects of what we do as an organisation is around education and educating the Australian public about the food waste issue and what you can do at the household level. So we encourage people to look at their habits and their behaviours around food consumption and food waste and see if they can change them a little bit, you know, at an individual and household level. So we encourage people to love their leftovers, to look at their, the ingredients that are available still in their fridge and try and make something creative out of what's there and what's still good to eat before throwing it away. And then to support local growers and, as I mentioned before, you know, loving, loving fruit and veg that isn't necessarily perfect looking but it probably is perfect tasting. And really looking at um, your kind of um, weekly or fortnightly shopping behaviours and really shopping with lists of things you know you're going to cook so that you don't um, over-purchase and end up having to throw things out because you haven't been able to use them in your plan for that week. And um, as well as um, fighting the problem of food waste, uh, you know, often when people are purchasing food, they're purchasing food that comes from a, a long way away or that may be out of season. Do you ever talk about those issues? Um, yeah, so we encourage people to support their local growers, absolutely. If there's local farmers markets um, that are accessible to you, yeah, trying to reduce the, you know, the environmental impact of as you say, things coming from further away or overseas. So try and shop local first and as local as you can get. When you're talking to businesses, do you ever come across the problem where, you know, it's simply more profitable to waste food? Hmm, that's a really interesting question. Um, so I guess as the OzHarvest model, so the core of what we do as an organisation, OzHarvest is a charity. We're a national for-purpose charitable organisation and the core of our business is what we call food rescue. So this is where we collect really good quality food from restaurants, from supermarkets, from cafes, even from some of the airlines. Um, we pick it up in our refrigerated vans and we deliver it direct and free of charge to over a thousand other charities in Australia that provide meals and food hampers to people experiencing disadvantage. And the way that we work with that, what we call our food donors, we don't charge them a fee at all for us to pick up their food. So really... It's not costing them any more money um, for us to pick up food that would otherwise be thrown in the bin. And in fact, if you think about it from one way, we're actually reducing the amount of bin collections they might need because we're taking food that otherwise would have been thrown away and we're redistributing it. So we don't, we don't ever come up with any, any challenges around 
additional costs um, because the way that we're set up as a charitable organisation is to not charge any fees for the people who, the donors who provide us food, um, nor do we charge the charities that, that we provide food to that will ultimately get it to um, people who are in need. I think that the work you're doing is um, is very good and very important, but I you know, I wonder whether or not, you know, that sort of work can um, deal with the entirety of the problem. And, you know, when you're talking about going to businesses and talking to them about preventing food waste, whether or not, once again, to ask the question whether or not they're wasting food, they're, they're bringing in more food than you know, they're going to sell just because, because of profits. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think that it's a really important point. And I think that as we raise awareness about how much food organisations are wasting, they can then look at the statistics that um, of the food that they've provided to Ozharvest as a result of what would have otherwise been thrown out, and they can then kind of rejig their business model to try and reduce the amount of food that they're wasting in the first place. So we as an organisation do, um, for all the food that we collect, we, um, we weigh it in. Um, we know how much, you know, we're getting in sort of fruit and vegetables, in meats, in dairy, that sort of thing. Um, and we can provide reports to the organisations we work with so they can actually see how much waste they have on a monthly basis and then they can they can change their purchasing and supply behaviours as a result. So ideally, this level of food that goes to waste at the moment wouldn't happen. And so that's the kind of long-term behavioural change is around, you know, organisations being able to... the purchasing and storing and selling behaviours as well. So... It is sort of one of those things where, you know, in 20 years or whenever we're able to reduce the food waste problem, then there shouldn't be so much of a need for an organisation like Ozharvest. But at the moment, it is such a big problem, not just in Australia, but globally. So that's, you know, part of what we do is um, trying to solve the problem right now, but educate to change the problem in the future. Because there's no such thing as waste. Only stuff in the wrong place. No, there's no such thing as waste. Misusing water's aid is great. You're listening to Earth Matters. We're talking to Madeline Wilson from Ot Harvest about food waste. I asked if she had any more ideas about reducing food waste on a large scale. I mean, I think part of what, what we're doing as an organisation, so working um, working with you know, the at the retail sort of side of things, so with supermarkets, restaurants and cafes um, and redirecting that food to people in need because the actual, you know, the size of people experiencing hunger and disadvantage in Australia is quite enormous. So that's kind of the other end of the, the spectrum, I guess, of what we do is trying to make sure that people who are, um, you know, in need of, of food and food support um, are actually receiving, um, you know, good quality nourishing food to help them get by. But also, there's, I look, there's, there's other organisations, for example, an organisation called UNI who work at the at the, probably the level before we are, the, the manufacturing kind of level, to try and make sure that um, if a manufacturer has a whole lot of food that would otherwise be going to waste, um, they can connect in with, you know, restaurants or cafes or hotels that might be looking to purchase a certain amount of food and try and um, move it at a slightly discounted rate before it would actually get thrown out. So there's a, there's a number of organisations that are looking at the issue, the, the, the whole supply chain issue of food waste um, and trying to solve those problems. And do you have any more ideas about how people listening can reduce food waste in their own lives? Yeah, so definitely really thinking about your purchasing behaviour um, and the way that, you, that you're that you using food at the household level. So you might notice that the way you, you chop an onion 
um, you, you're wasting a fair bit of it. So looking up, you know, different ways that you can actually, um, you know, create meals by using almost all of the food that's available to you, so whole, whole pieces of vegetables, that sort of thing. Um, we definitely have on our website, ozharvest.org, tips and tricks around cooking. We've got cooking uh, recipes um, as well as, like, you know, sort of A to Z on how to, you know, reduce your own food waste at the household level. As I said before, just sort of supporting local growers. And we also encourage people to use their senses. So, you know, open up the milk or whatever it is and, you know, just because it's a day or two past it's used by might mean that it's still okay. So give it the sniff test, um, see how it goes. Sometimes it doesn't work out in your favour, um, but sometimes it will and it'll mean that you're able to consume something before it goes to waste. And even trying to find recipes to, to cook things up um, and freeze things. So you can even freeze, you know, herbs, um, and put you know put them in different snap block bags and containers in your freezer so that um, you preserve them rather than you know buying a whole bunch and only using a small amount and throwing them out. So there's loads of different ways that people can you know reduce food waste at the household level and look at even you know I guess the next step in that would be the the, the composting um, and growing your own little local garden or um, you know using compost for a community garden as well. Speaking of gardening, I, I found that. When I began to garden, um, you know, I found that kind of transformed my relationship with food because, you know, once I'd, I'd spent six months trying to grow, say, a leek, I suddenly had an incentive to find out that you can eat the top of the leek, um, you know, whereas whereas before I'd thrown it out. And and another thing is, is you know, I found that I was suddenly interested in eating food that was in season. Yeah, and I think there's so many ways. I mean, you know, even in, in apartments now, you can still get, you know, small planter boxes and you can grow a, a couple of things um, on your veranda. I just grew a couple of amazing tomatoes over, over summer you know, on a very small planter box on, on my veranda. And it's amazing how you do learn to respect your food more when you know, you know, how long it takes to grow things, how much you need to nurture them, um, you know, and when you, when you, you know, when they're ripe and ready to go, really appreciating that you do need to consume, you know, as much of it as you can because it, you've given it all of that love and attention, you know, for it to grow. So um, absolutely kind of looking at how you can have your own little household gut, little or big, depending on the space you have, um, and learning really about, you know, how food is produced and how you can do it yourself. And I think you're absolutely right. It's amazing how when you do that, um, you respect food even more. How can people get involved in Odds Harvest? Yeah, so there are several different ways people can get involved. Um, definitely looking at our website, um, ozharvest.org, um, and there's a number of different ways that people can support us as a charity. So we, we certainly take, uh, we do a lot of fundraising activities um, and we take, you know, donations um, to help, you know, keep the lights on and keep the vans on the road. Um, we also have what we call our Yellow Army of Volunteers. So people can sign up to become a volunteer with Oz Harvest um, and they can... Um, go out with our drivers in the vans on the road for a day to see how we do food rescue in action. Um, they can join us for our um, education programs um, where we teach people in some of the agencies and charities that we work with um, how to create healthy meals on a budget. And we also do um, different events and fundraising activities. So we need a whole raft of activities that we need volunteers for. And then if um, food businesses are interested in becoming a food donor, uh, they can also contact us um, and we can provide them with some of the information and materials around the sort of food safety standards to ensure that the food we collect has been handled in a safe way so that we make sure that the, the food we're providing to our, our agencies and the end users ultimately is still good to eat. So, yeah, there's a number of different ways people can get involved in supporting, supporting the cause. So um, checking out our website is the best place to start. Great. 
And I understand you've got your annual Think, Eat, Save event coming up. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a awareness-raising event that we do every year um, in partnership with the United Nations Environment Program. And so next Monday, the 24th of July, um, we're hosting a number of simultaneous events around Australia. Um, in Melbourne, it's going to be at the University of Melbourne, where we are providing students with a hot meal largely made from rescued ingredients. And the, the purpose of the event around, around Australia is to pro- provide people with a hot meal, to educate around, um, you know, the issues of food waste, some of the things that we've just been talking about. For us, um, with the, the sort of university or, or audience kind of focus, we're looking at, you know, exploring the issues of food security for students, looking at, you know, food availability on campus, and then the kind of zero food waste systems. So making sure that people have the awareness of using all sorts of foods and ingredients to make sure there is no waste, um, as well as healthy eating on a budget. Well, um, thanks for appearing on the show. Thank you very much for having me. That was Madeline Wilson, who is the state manager for Oz Harvest in Victoria. I'm Corey Green, and you're listening to Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories. Today, we're talking about food waste. But there's no such thing as waste. Oh, no. Only stuff in the wrong place. Yeah. That's right, there's no such thing as waste. That old landfill is a disgrace. Next up, we've got an interview with Bruises from Food Not Bombs. Listeners might have seen Food Not Bombs at a rally, at a political fundraiser, or on their local street corner. Um, so today's show is about food waste. Um, what do you think is the cause of food waste? Yeah, so I think it's an interesting question because in, in some way, I guess, the system, the capitalism, the whole thing is a cause of food waste. Um, mm-hmm. But I suppose looking kind of closer at things, I guess, consumerism and the way in which things are set up to benefit, um, you know, companies and corporations above everyone else and support that idea of, you know, certain people who do have the means to have anything that they wish for, being able to have anything that they wish for, even if it needs to come from different side of the world and mean that a lot of things get thrown out and wasted in the way. So that's like more large structural issues. Mm. And, you know, in Australia, uh, there's the structural issue of the food that they bring into supermarkets, but then they don't sell. And you're from an organization called Food Not Bombs, where, you know, you get that food out of the out of the bin, out of the back of the supermarket, and you pass it on to people who are hungry. Can you sort of talk about that? Yeah, sure. So with Food Not Bombs, um, we actually don't do dumpster diving in that way as much just because we get uh, most of the produce that we get from the Vic markets. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of stalls. I mean, there's heaps of waste at Vic markets as well. Uh, For anyone who has ever gone there towards the end of the day and looked through the bins there you, people can take boxes and a lot of people do do that and walk around and take boxes of fruit and vegetable that is being thrown out um, so there's a couple of you know there's a couple of different stalls where people just leave out some food for us to pick up on particular days because that kind of 
makes it easier for us to always have to feel like we we'll always have that supply of stuff. And also that means that we get fruit and vegetables rather than a lot of junk food that you often find at the back of supermarkets. But we also get um we get a lot of I guess we get a lot of donations and a lot of fruit that is from shops or cafes or all sorts of places that is otherwise thrown out and yeah and and occasionally do dumpster diving as well yeah because I mean there's there's massive massive amounts of food and that's the other thing like we we end up with so much food a lot of the times that with having four servings in a week um, we still have a lot of excess food that we then kind of deal with further like there's Sometimes a lot of really good food left that we take to the Isalamusika Research Center in Footscray and leave it in like a free shop there and, you know, occasionally just donate food to a lot of different places or like individual people that we know that might need it. Um, yeah, so there's there's still a lot of food left over after, after what we do. Yeah, right. So it, it sounds like you're, you know, you're drowning in free food. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sometimes it definitely feels like that. <laughs> At Food Not Bombs, you also you, uh, you compost. Can you talk about that? Yeah. When we have leftover fruit, I guess we kind of separate it to fruit that's still, you know, um, yeah, that's still usable and that can be passed along to anyone who needs it. And then we obviously have a lot of waste. And currently we take that to children's farm in Collingwood in, sorry in Abbotsford and we feed some of the food to the pigs there we're really happy about that <laughs> um, and sometimes to the chickens and then the rest goes into compost previously um, we were taking our compost stuff to fair share in Collingwood that's like a community garden where people volunteer to grow food that's then being donated further to other people. So, yeah, we've always kind of found different places where the compost was needed, where it could be used for further, yeah, for gardening and so on. I know that Food Not Bombs isn't an explicitly anarchist organisation, but I think that, you know, a lot of its members, like it attracts a lot of anarchists. And I was wondering if you could talk about how anarchist ideas influence the work? So, yeah, I mean, I think that, first of all, the way, you know, the way we structure it, I guess, is a kind of non-hierarchical grouping of a lot of people where everyone has equal amount of, um, you know, say about what we want to be doing or how we want to be doing stuff. And there's, you know, we don't have bosses. We don't have anyone telling anyone else what they have to do. We just have the work load that needs doing and people kind of work it out with themselves about how to go about that so yeah that's that's one part I guess also you know the very idea that people that people should you know people should be able to eat food regardless of whether they have that they are in situations of certain privilege or have the money for it and, and so on and so forth. Like we believe that food shouldn't be wasted and we believe that people should should be able to eat because it's a really basic right. And, yeah, so the food that we serve is 
free for anyone who needs it and for anyone who wants it. And the the group itself is also an open group that people can can join. And we cook vegan food, so that's I guess another thing that maybe differs to a lot of other organisations that provide food to people. Because um, yeah, we not not everyone necessarily has to be vegan to like or is vegan. Um, that is involved in food, not bombs, but I think it's an important factor as well. And, yeah, and then there is a lot of links um, between food, not bombs and different groups or organisations or different events. So we obviously, you know, support certain things and not other things, like we support rallies and protests and events and groups that are that we, you know we kind of share similar politics with. So whether that's like cooking food for 3CR or cooking food for Lizard's Revenge or cooking food for any of those things, we obviously wouldn't support a fascist rally and make them sandwiches or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's influences there for sure. <laughs> Listening to Earth Matters, we're talking to bruisers from Food Not Bombs about food waste. I asked what ideas they had about reducing food waste on a large scale. I think, as with the question about what causes food waste, it depends if we think about it in terms of like what can each person do personally, or what really needs to be changed on a broader kind of scale. Yeah, I know for me and for a lot of people that I know, for example, we do. We do try to get a lot of food that we get um, from the dumpsters and from, like, I get a lot of fruit and vegetables from the excess fruit and vegetables that we have from Food Not Bombs and so on. So that just means that we're not kind of always going and buying stuff and then throwing out stuff that we've bought or whatever. But, you know, that's it's a, I think it's a pretty minute effect and obviously it's not a sustain like it's not a sustainable dumpster diving is not a sustainable kind of way for everyone to be able to have food yeah I think that like I personally think that creating ways and structures where we produce as much of what we need locally ourselves and you know have means of distributing that and have means of um, I guess sustaining the needs in terms of food that we have on as much of a local level as possible is a really good idea. But I think that's, you know, there's also obviously limited options there for people living in the cities, um, for people who don't necessarily often have their own piece of garden and, you know, or, or yeah, a lot of different situations. Um yeah, I think that I think that everything needs overthrowing <laughs> for things to to really get better. Yeah, what sort of um changes would you make on a more structural level? Well, I do yeah, I mean I do think that um 
as yeah as cheesy as it sounds i do think that capitalist system is not something that can can sustain us on a you know uh, for for much longer um not just because of food waste because of everything else because of the environmental destruction and i think you know when we have those structures in place that we do and when you know because of the monetary system as well certain things are valued over other things obviously there is no incentive for people who for not so much maybe people as you know corporations and companies and so forth or states and governments you know to to look at things and look at changing things that will keep keep us safe and have less of a negative effect on the environment or create less waste so obviously without that incentive there i think yeah there's not a huge there's not a, a huge amount of hope that i personally have in reforming things that i think are yeah past the stage of being able to be reformed all right and um how can people get involved in food not bombed we have an email address people can email us at fnbmalb so it's fnbmelb at riseup.net so we also do cooking four times a week we cook on monday for lunch and dinner and we start cooking at around 10am for lunch and 5pm for dinner we also cook on tuesday at 5pm for dinner and thursday at 5pm at irene's which is on pitt street in brunswick it's a big warehouse I think it's number five, but it it has big irons uh, in the front of the warehouse. It is number five, yes. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, we also have a Facebook page and a Twitter page that I'm not quite sure what the name of those is, but I'm sure they can easily be found. So people can come to the cook-ups, people can also come to the savings and, yeah, and just talk to us and get in touch. Great. And, yeah, people of any sort of skill level? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's just cooking and I guess people might have different experiences of it, but we're not too fussy like we don't have to make always, you know, we don't have to make one type of food or another type of food. People are free to come and cook whatever they want and people are free to come and do the chopping or do the washing up if they don't feel like cooking or do the driving. Driving is definitely a useful skill for food not bombs. Yeah. Can I just quickly um Say one thing. We yes. we are currently doing um, fundraising for Food Not Bombs because we had our van um, breakdown quite recently. Um, so if anyone feels like they have any spare money, then we have this online fundraising on possible.com. Maybe I'll just read out the link, which is possiblewithz.com slash project slash solidarity dash with dash food dash not dash bombs <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. great all right thank you heaps for appearing on the show nice right, thanks bye. okay bye no such thing as waste oh no only stuff in the wrong place yeah i said there's no such thing as waste that old idea's gotta be replaced You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network with Corey Green. That was Bruises from Food Not Bombs discussing their ideas about food waste. Earlier in the show, we had Madeline Wilson, who is the state manager of Oz Harvest in Victoria, talking about the same issue. 
To find out more about OzHarvest, go to OzHarvest, that's O-Z-H-A-R-V-E-S-T, dot org. To find out more about Food Not Bombs, go to foodnotbombs.net. Now we've got to refuse, reduce, reuse, repair, recycle. Refuse, reduce, reuse, repair, recycle. If you missed some of today's show, don't forget that our podcast can be downloaded at 3cr.org.au slash earthmatters. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support and the dedicated people at the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this program out to you. Earth Matters was produced in the studios at 3CR Radio in Fitzroy, Victoria, on the Kulin Nation. Our contact phone is 0394198377 and our email is earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. The song that you heard throughout this show was There's No Such Thing as Waste by Formidable Vegetable Sound System. That's all for today, but we'll be back again next week. Cause there's no such thing as waste, oh no. Only stuff in the wrong place. I said there's no such thing as waste, yeah. Only opportunity to be Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia, on the Kulin Nation. For more information and to find out how you can support 3CR, go to www.3cr.org.au.